I see that many are still on vacation this week, and hopefully in a week or two the summer slump will be over and all of our people will be returning to us. But we're glad that you're here today and and welcome you and hope that God will bless you in a special way. And we welcome our guests especially today and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family. You're very important to us, and and we hope that, uh, that you'll feel a part of us today as we worship the Lord together. Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, First of all, let me remind you of the attendance sheets that are on each row on the clipboard there. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you would like to be a part of our email newsletter that we send out once a week, um, we would appreciate it if you would put your email address on there if you have that. And... um, and that in that way you can keep up with some of the activities and worship uh, worship activities and study activities and mission activities that we have going on here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, speaking of some of those activities, uh, let me call your attention to some that are coming up uh, this week on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we will be having our youth rummage sale. Uh, and so if you would like to uh, donate some things to the youth rummage sale, we invite you to do that. Uh, if you would like to come, we invite you to come and, and buy that stuff back that you donated or somebody else's stuff back that you donated. Uh, and so that will be Friday and Saturday of this week. So I hope you can come here, here and be a part of that. Another thing I'd like to call your attention to is on August the 10th, it's a very special day uh, that we would like to invite you and encourage you, if at all possible, for you to be in attendance here at Community Baptist Church. And the reason why, some of you know that some of the leadership at at, uh, Community Baptist is in the midst of a visioning process. We're kind of uh, in the process of looking ahead and determining, determining some things that will set the course of our ministry in the future. And, uh, and one of the things we're going to do is to take a, a census of our, our church participants here, and we're going to do that on August the 10th. So it's important for us to have as broad a representation as possible. So put that date on your calendar and make a very special effort to be here that day. And, um, and also, we're, we're going to do it right after the worship service. It'll just take about 15 or 20 minutes to do that. But... After that, we're going to eat together. So we're going to have a little covered dish lunch uh, after after we do this census there and uh, just have a time of fellowship with one another. So put August the 10th on your calendar, please, and be here for that. Uh, you notice in your worship folder that we are continuing um, our work on our nursery and preschool area. Uh, let me invite you to go back there and t- take a look. It's really shaping up well and, and looking nice. It's bright. It's beautiful. Uh, I think we're we're trying to uh, save on our utilities because you don't have to use lights back there. All the walls are so bright. <laughs> uh, but it, but it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and we're continuing to work on that. And I think uh, is, I think this Wednesday there's a there's a group that's going to be working back there, cleaning up and and uh, getting getting it in right order. Now this past week has been a wonderful week for many of us who have worked uh, around our community. You may have seen the article in the Gleaner on Friday about some of the efforts that uh, Community Baptist was doing uh, in our community. This was our way of giving back to our community. Uh, I did a devotion on Monday in which I called attention to the verse of Scripture that said, To those who have much, much is required. 
And we agreed that all of us are very blessed, blessed people. And that means that we are required to give back. And that's what we were doing this week. And we were giving back to our community in the way of missions, in the way of helping people who may have a hard time helping themselves. And, uh, and I want to, appre- I want to uh, say thank you to all of those who participated in that, uh, whether it was pulling weeds or painting a wall or, 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 or cleaning a deck or, what, or providing food for those that were working. Uh, if, if you participated in this in any way this week, would you stand and let us, let us honor you today? Please stand. Thank you so much. And I want you to see a little bit of what we did. Now, I was the only one with a camera, and I left it at home two days, so our, our, our representation is a little bit limited here. But, Brian, if you could play that, uh, that slideshow, I would appreciate it, and we'll let you see. Y'all come on out here, choir. Hang on just a second, Brian.
Y'all like John doing his John Volta. <laughs> uh, that's good. That was a lot of fun, folks. It was a great week. It was a week of, uh, of, of a lot of hard work and a lot of, uh, a lot of effort was, that was put in. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we did a lot of good in this community. So thank you for those of you who participated in that. One of the things we like to do here at Community Baptist is to have a moment of greeting. So let me invite you to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
powers. Find the love. 
sacrifice has been shown Then he who laid upon the cross Let all creation sing For he has come and he's changed everything Sanctified, I have been set free Grace divine, swept me off my feet Oh Eternal and almighty God, we come into your presence this morning seeking your mercy and your grace. And these are things that you have promised to us because through your mercy and your grace, we have been sanctified. We have been set free from those things that bind us and that keep us from fulfilling your purpose in our lives. Because of that, O oh God, because you have set us free, we gather in wonder and praise this morning to worship you with pure intent. We confess to you, O oh God, that our daily lives reflect both light and darkness, sometimes confidence and fear, sometimes joy and other times sadness. And thus, we seek your love and your care quiet our lives before you today as we worship. We praise you that we are heirs of your grace and we are children 
who are led by your spirit. And so we pray especially today that you would remove from us anything that would dull us to the alertness of your presence with us. As we worship in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. seated boys and girls and i do thank you for singing there i may not sing with you all the way through today because i'm still fighting stuff i've had at least i don't have fever today so in case you were worried about that no i do not have fever today so i should be safe to breathe in your presence but i've had that all week and so it's going back and forth so you have to take the slack take up the slack there and do that part uh boys and girls you can be over here and sit in this area for your time this morning and as we need somebody to help come and help you, that will be great. And uh, that will go great from there. Um, we're just missing one person. Okay. Guess what? We've had, we've had computer glitches. Well, this is a personnel glitch, I guess, today. And uh, boys and girls, we want to tell you today.
that we've got lots of cool stuff coming up around the corner. Uh, new Sunday school stuff coming up in August. Uh, we want you to be. There is a trip to uh, Zondra Skating Rink for grades 1 through 6 in uh, the 17th where we're going to have Taco Bar here. But it's not a show up at 12 o'clock on Sunday. That's not too cool. Uh, we want you to show up at 945, show up at 1045, and still be here for 1045, and then be here for our talk, talk all thing, and then our ice skating trip that's going to be afterwards at that point. And children's choirs get going on the 13th, and that's, we are having about probably 25 and 30 people here. That is the place where it is at during the week. If you're not here on Wednesday nights, you just don't know what CBC is all about. And so we hope you will be able to, to do that. Two, uh, if you look at our site, uh, if you look at our website, some of you can look. Some of you have parents who let you do that. If you'll click on to our web page, our cbc.org, the Committee of Baptist Church.org, look on the children's page. There are some pictures on there about camp that you can see from some people who went to camp. We got back this week, and uh, you can see some things there where you can see. And some of you will be able to go next year if you're in the third grade. Uh, and that kind of a thing. So that may be something you want to look and have your parent help you log on there and look at some, some of them look pretty silly too. Some silly pictures uh, and some good ones. Uh, but it was great that our church will allow that for us. And uh, so many cool things are coming over and you're ready to go to school? <laughs> How many are ready to go? I'm ready. I've been ready for a while. We have one person ready. Kirk, you're not, you decided you're not ready. Okay. Anyway, we're glad that you're with us today, and those that are second grade and, and later, just as we get ready for our offering later today, you'll be able to go back. That is, yes, okay, yes, there is no personnel glitch on that. So we've got that at second grade and below. You'll have your own time when you get to go backstage, back behind that area over there where they've repainted, and you'll be in that new part uh, when we do that right before there. Yes. Okay, Nicole. Nicole is our is our chairperson of our children's ministries team, and that team has just been going great guns this year. Uh, the numbers and everything else has been so great, and we appreciate them. Um, I'm going to tell a story, and I don't have candy today, obviously, because this is a little um, didn't know I was going to do this. But um, I do have a story to share with you, and it's um, um, just kind of the the background of why we're here at this church and, and things that happen along the way that, that uh, God puts in your path to do things. So um, we came to this church. Um, we searched through several churches and went to different churches to where, you know, we wanted to feel like we were um, in a home. And when we came to Community Baptist, we really felt that way. And we wanted a church where we could get involved and, and we weren't lost in the, in the crowd. And um, so we, we came here, and, and it's been about two years ago, and, um, and we really love this church. And we've been pulled to do different things, um, as Larry said. We work with the children, and, and um, Brad's done the singing and um, things like that. So um, we were asked a few weeks ago to um, possibly lead a Sunday school service, and we don't show up for Sunday school because it's hard to get four kids out the door. It's not a good excuse, but, <laughs> but um, so, you know, we were kind of debating and, and on whether we would do that because we were asked. And, and um, I was in Walmart, and, and for you kids, this is when you're pulled by God to do something, do it because um, I was in Walmart and these these um, teenagers came up to me. There were um, five girls, and um, they said, "Can I pray with you?" 
And I said, I'm in the middle of an aisle, the clearance aisle at Walmart. And I said, well, sure, you know, everybody needs prayer. And um, so they prayed with me. And then another uh, girl said, you know what? God's telling me I need to pray specifically for you. She said, you have such a good personality. I feel that there's something about you. And she prayed that God knew that he wanted me for more than what I was doing. Um, and that there was something else that he wanted out of me and that, that I would find what that was and do that for God. And, um, and I didn't know this. I've never seen this, this teenager ever in my life. And, um, and for her to feel that and, and pray for me in the middle of a Walmart aisle. And, and, you know, I went home and told Brad that, you know, we've got to do the Sunday school, um, and lead the Sunday school group because God just told me that I have to do it, you know, and, and that that's what he wants out of me. So when God's pull, you feel it in your heart and God's pulling you, if you feel like you need to pray for someone, pray for them. And it, it you know, people appreciate that. Other people were stopped in the aisle listening to them pray for me. And I know that they've touched so many people by doing that. And um, so whenever, you, you know, if you have a friend that's going through problems or you, um, you know, just anybody you see out that may need your help and, and need a little prayer, you don't have to give anything other than that prayer. And, um, and many times that's exactly what someone needs. And you'll just lift their spirits or push them to where they were uh, intending to go anyway, but they just need a little extra help, okay? So I just thought I'd take it since no one was up here to take that little chance to tell you that story and, and hopefully that's blessed you and, and it'll touch you to, to pray with someone, okay? So let's have a moment of prayer. Is that okay, Larry? Can I pray? Okay. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful church, for um, us having such a wonderful um, group of children uh, to help grow this church and have a future for this church. Please lead them along the path that you choose for them. Um, help them to realize that without you, that there is that life is so much harder, and that, that with you and with them spreading your word, that uh, they will touch people's lives and continue to to uh, help your word be spread, uh, not just in Henderson, Kentucky, but throughout um, any part of the world that they touch um, in their community, dear Lord. Please uh, continue to bless us and bless these children. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Thank you.
we thank you for this day. We pray that we can have a personal, private time of worship today between us and you individually. But also that we can share our joy together and then leave this place dedicated to sharing it with those who don't know about the salvation of Jesus Christ and the strength to get us through whatever we're going through in our days. We pray you'd be with this offering Help us to use it to spread your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you have a garden? Some are some are doing this and some are doing this. <laughs> we we seem to be on an agricultural kick these days because uh, if you were here last week, we talked about planting seeds uh, with as we discussed the parable of the sower, and this week uh, the title of the sermon is Soul Gardening. And we're talking about pulling weeds this week, uh, planting seeds last week and pulling weeds this week. And of course, everybody knows that the two of those things go together hand in hand. In fact, every gardener knows that planting seeds is the easy part of having a successful garden. But it is much more time consuming to weed that garden than it is to plant the seeds. It's a lot of hard work, too. Uh, some of our mission team this week can testify to that because uh, they spent a couple of entire days this week doing nothing but pulling weeds. Uh, 
I, on the other hand, have a little difficulty when it comes to pulling weeds because I'm, I'm not uh, knowledgeable about uh, plants and things like that. And I have a hard time knowing what's a weed and what's a good, a good plant. As someone has said, when weeding, the best way to make sure you are removing a weed and not a valuable plant is to pull on it. If it comes out of the ground easily, it's a valuable plant. That's been my experience. I don't know about you. Some of you may be able to relate to an unknown homemaker who wrote this. She said, I do not do, I do not do windows because I love birds and I don't want one to run into a clean window and get hurt. I don't wax floors because I'm terrified that a guest will slip and fall. I don't disturb cobwebs because I want every creature to have a home of their own. I don't spring clean because I love all of the seasons and I don't want the others to get jealous. I don't put things away because my husband will never be able to find them again. I don't do gourmet meals when I entertain because I don't want my guests to stress out over what to make when they invite me to their house for dinner. I don't iron because I choose to believe them when they say permanent press. And finally, I don't pull weeds in the garden because I don't want to get in God's way. God is an excellent designer. You know, I doubt that anyone likes pulling weeds, including God. But in today's lesson, Jesus tells us a parable about pulling weeds. It is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. And then there's an explanation for that parable that's found in verses 36 through 43. Jesus told them this story. The kingdom of heaven is like what happened when a farmer scattered good seed in the field. But while everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and scattered weed seeds in the field and then left. When the plants came up and began to ripen, the farmer's servants could see the weeds. And the servants came and asked, sir, didn't you scatter good seed in your field? Where did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. His servants then asked, do you want us to go out and pull up the weeds? No, he answered. You might also pull up the wheat. Leave the weeds alone until harvest time. Then I will tell my workers to gather the weeds and tie them up and burn them. But I'll have them store the wheat in my barn. And then over in verse 36, we have the explanation of this parable. After Jesus left the crowd, his disciples came to him and said, explain to us the story about the weed in the field, weeds of the field. Jesus answered, the one who scattered the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seeds are the people who belong to the kingdom. The weed seeds are those who belong to the evil one. And the one who scattered them is the devil. The harvest is the end of time. And angels are the ones who bring in the harvest. Weeds are gathered and burned. That's how it will be at the end of time. 
The son of man will send out his angels and they will gather from his kingdom everyone who does wrong or causes others to sin. Then he will throw them into a flaming furnace where people will cry and gnash their teeth in pain. But everyone who has done right will shine like the sun in their in their father's kingdom. Let those who have ears hear. Now, on the surface, there's not much to be said about this parable, except make sure you're not a weed. Because one day, according to this parable, the weeds will be thrown into a fiery furnace. But look, how do we do that? How do we make sure that we are not the weed? Jesus says here that the weeds are all of those who do evil. Oops, <laughs> that's a little disconcerting, isn't it? All who do evil. Where does God draw the line here? Murderers, rapists, adulterers, thieves. Does does fibbing on your tax return count? How about gossiping, particularly if it borders on bearing false witness? Or how about the sins of omission? How about those who ignore their neighbors who are in need? Or those who only give a pittance to God after God has been so generous to them? Where is the line drawn between the weeds and the wheat? Could it be that the Apostle Paul was right when he said in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Of course he was. So if that's the case, then what is our hope? Is it not that the blood of Jesus Christ has covered all of our sins? Folks, I don't know about you. But a fiery furnace doesn't exactly appeal to me. And if that day comes when God begins pulling weeds, I certainly don't want to depend upon my own virtue to place me in the right pile. Having said that, though, we need to take this lesson very seriously. Because, my friends, pulling weeds is an important part of a successful life. There's an interesting story. There was an interesting story in the news a while back about an event that was designed for college students. And the purpose of this event was to get them to take weeds seriously. One pundit who was writing about this called it the World Series of Weeds. Or the other, another expression was the hula, bowl, the hula Bowl of Herbicides. It seems that agricultural students from universities all over the United States and Canada competed in a contest to identify certain weeds and then to prescribe the right chemical to kill them. They need to be able to recognize weeds when they are very small, says James Worthington of Western Kentucky University, who also happens to be the president of an and of an esteemed organization called the North Central Weed Science Society. When weeds get big enough that anybody can recognize them, he says, it's too late to do anything about them. You know, that's an important statement right there. When weeds get big enough that anybody can recognize them, it's too late to do anything about them. 
And some folks can probably give us a testimony today as to the, the truth of what he said. I mean, think about it. How many parents have been too late in recognizing the weeds growing in the life of their young person? Weeds like drugs or depression, running with the wrong crowd. Or for that matter, how many adults have recognized too late that vices like alcohol or tobacco or gambling or some other addiction has has them in its grasp? And they can't escape it. Or even more likely negative attitudes like bitterness or resentment or bigotry. You know, we don't talk much about things like that in church, do we? Maybe we don't want to sound too judgmental, but maybe we should talk more about the weeds that ruin our human existence. Because lives are still being destroyed. And hearts are still being broken and relationships are still being torn apart. And here's the sad thing. The people whose lives are being choked out by these weeds are for the most part not bad people. These aren't bad folks. They're good people who simply were not vigilant enough about pulling the weeds. You may have read about a 61-year-old Massachusetts grandmother who ended up in a mess of trouble a while back. It was on the first day of her new job as a bus driver for the school system there. And apparently she was not very familiar with her route. She took some wrong turns and made some poor decisions as to which roads to take. And she got so lost that she wound up in the state of Connecticut. And because she had already picked up 10 kids on her route, an all-points bulletin was issued for her on charges of kidnapping. And since she had crossed the state line, the FBI was called in. After finally locating this lady and, and grilling her, interrogating her under the heat lamp and everything, that police and the FBI agents concluded that she had simply made some wrong turns And had simply lost her way. And so they let her go. Just a few wrong turns. Just a few wrong turns. You know that can happen in life too can't it? It happens to good people. A few bad judgments and suddenly you're lost. Entangled. Trapped. In the weeds. Sometimes there can be a lot at stake. A marriage, your physical health, the safety of others. And so you see, pulling weeds, these things in our lives that that hinder us from being what God created us to be, pulling these weeds is an important part of a successful life. But here's the second thing we need to see today. And that is that God is our Savior. After reading this parable, God may sound to you like God is eager to destroy us when we do something wrong. I mean, all this talk about fiery furnaces and things like that. But if you take the scriptures as a whole, you will know that nothing can be further from the truth than that. The fact is, the last thing that God wants to do is to destroy us. No. 
God makes us mindful of the weeds growing in our lives so that God can help to deliver us from those weeds. There's a scene in a book by James Missioner that can help us as we struggle with this difficult passage. Are you familiar with the concept of the recording angel? Anybody ever heard of that term before, the recording angel? It's, it's a doctrine in some churches. And in this doctrine, this, the recording angel is the angel that writes down all the bad things that you do in your life in order that God can one day mete out our punishment. It's, it's kind of a disturbing doctrine, to say the least. But Mishner, in one of his first novels, uh, The Fires of Spring, tells about a couple who are burdened with a, a load of guilt from their past. And they wander into a Quaker meeting and they sit there with, with, others, with others for what seemed like an hours, waiting for something to happen. And then finally, an elderly man stands up and he speaks. And this is what he says. He says the most misleading concept in religion is that of the recording angel. I cannot believe that God remembers or even cares to remember a single incident of our lives. Rather, I am the recording angel. My spirit and my body are the record. My good deeds show in me and my wrong deeds can never be hidden. My spirit either grows to fullness or declines to nothing. God has no need of recording devices. We must not think of God as a vengeful or shopkeeping dictograph. God has created a better instrument. God has made me. And God needs only to look at me for all that I have done is recorded here. The old man goes on to conclude that with God's permission, we also have the permission, the, uh, the privilege of erasing our past mistakes. Because God offers us redemption. God offers us the opportunities to start anew and to make our lives useful by forgiving our past sins and by opening our lives to God's wisdom. That's what Brad was singing about a few moments ago, being sanctified, being set free from those things that are hanging on to us and keeping us back. And that, my friends, is a powerful thought. God doesn't need a recording angel. Our own bodies and our own souls tell the story of how we've lived our lives. God has no desire to destroy us. Rather, God is our Savior. God offers us forgiveness and that opportunity to start all over again. And God's only desire is to free us from the mess that we've made of ourselves. It's kind of like a man who was walking through a park one day and he noticed a massive oak tree. A vine had grown up along its trunk and the vine started small Nothing really to bother about. But over the years, the vine had gotten taller and taller and the, the trunk had gotten thicker and thicker. And now the entire lower half of the tree was covered with the vine's creepers. In fact, the mass of its tiny feelers was so thick that the tree looked, it looked like it had hundreds of bird's nests in it. And the result was that the tree 
was in danger. That huge, solid, beautiful oak tree was quite literally being taken over by this vine and the life was being squeezed out of it. But the gardeners in that park had seen the danger. And so they took a saw and they severed the, the trunk of the vine, being careful not to cut the tree, but only the vine. A neat cut across the middle and another one a few inches away. And the tangled mass of the vine's branches still clung to that mighty oak tree. But now the vine was dead. And that would gradually become evident as weeks passed and the the creepers began to die and fall away from the tree. My friends, God is the gardener who wants to pull the weeds from our lives. It's not God's will that any of God's children should suffer from the weeds that we grow. And so God wants to help us. Regardless of what a mess we've made of our lives, God can turn that mess into a masterpiece. And indeed, this is the meaning of the cross. God wants to save us from the power of sin in this world and in the world to come. Now, to many people, the cross is only about getting people into heaven. But in my opinion, that's only a part of God's design for our lives. And the people who believe that the cross is only about getting into heaven, I believe that they miss the glory of God's plan and God's purpose here and now. Because, you see, the reason God hates sin so much is because it hurts God's people, God's children. All And all of the sins that destroy people and destroy families and destroy relationships and destroy human potential, God wants to pull those sins out of our lives and throw them into the fire. That, my friends, is what the cross is all about. God wants, us to, wants to restore us to be the beautiful creation that God has created us to be. There's a parable of God's plan and, of all places, Kurt Vonnegut's strange and disturbing book, Slaughterhouse-Five. The central character in that book is an optometrist named Billy Pilgrim, who lives a rather ordinary life in a fictional town in New York State. However, when the novel begins, he's a prisoner of war in Dresden, Germany, during, during World War II. At one point in the novel, Billy turns the television on and he begins to watch a movie about the war. Except something strange is happening. He sees it in reverse. I want you to use your imagination here for a moment and visualize a war movie being played in reverse. Planes are in the air over a city that's in flames, but the bay doors beneath the planes open And rather than destroying the city below, they actually seem to rebuild it. As the flames fly backwards away from the city, they seem to extinguish the fires on the ground. While while bombs, rather than falling from the planes, are sucked back upward into the belly of the planes. While the planes continue flying backwards to the base from which they had embarked. Meanwhile, on the ground, the enemy has anti-aircraft guns. And rather than shooting the missiles into the air to destroy the planes and the men who fly them, their missiles return to the muzzles of the guns. 
And planes which have fallen are restored to the sky as they rejoin their V-shaped formation of their squadron. Soldiers who have been blown apart are restored to wholeness again. And they are shipped backward to their homes where they turn in their uniforms. And soon they are in high school. They are high school students. Remember, we're going backwards in this movie. And then they are young children and mere babies with worlds of potential. Can you see it? In Billy Pilgrim's mind, he sees all of humanity moving backwards through time until only two people are left. Two perfect people without sin, living in a perfect garden, Adam and Eve. Can you see it? That's what God sees. The world as God created it to be. A world without pain or suffering or hatred or violence or envy or bigotry or greed. A world where people love and are loved without being used. Without having their hearts and their lives broken because of the actions of others or by their own weaknesses. This is the world that God wants for all of us. And this, my friends, is the kingdom that Christ proclaimed. Now, to be sure, we live in a broken world. And that garden was a long time ago. And things have changed and we cannot expect things to be perfect in this world ever again. Not until God makes it perfect. But we can make a start in that direction, can't we? And we do that by making our way to the foot of the cross where we kneel in deep contrition and we ask God, the master gardener, To pull any of those weeds that may be growing in our hearts. These may be weeds of bitterness, weeds of envy, or weeds of lust. The list goes on and on. But you know what weeds are choking your spirit. But it's up to us to give them to the Lord. My friends, let God throw them into the fire and consume them forever today. Because God is our Savior. God is our Redeemer. God is the Master Gardener of our lives. And so it's my prayer that each of us would let God put the garden of your life in perfect order again. Amen. We're going to sing a Hymn of response, number 291, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. There may be someone for whom the weeds of your life are choking out your existence as a purposeful person. Things are so cluttered in your life and so choking around your throat And there's something you need to get rid of. 
God can help you to do that. God can help remove those weeds from your life. Maybe you need to make that commitment for the first time to Christ today. Or perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come as we sing together number 291 beneath the cross of Jesus. Would you come? May God's grace and mercy follow you wherever you go and whatever you do. May Jesus' teachings and his redeeming love give you a disciplined, holy life. May the Holy Spirit's presence give you joy in serving others and being a light in this world of darkness. Go in the peace of God's love, free from those things that hinder you from what you were intended to be. In Christ's name, amen.